You're listening to Agile Ideas, the podcast, hosted by Fatima Rabucci. For anyone listening out there not having a good day, please know there is help out there. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Agile Ideas. Today, talking all things mental health. The reason why I wanted to discuss this today is because mental health is something that is very close to my heart. For those that don't know, I have been volunteering with Australia's largest not-for-profit organisation, Beyond Blue, for the last six years. And that came about as a result of my own personal journey dealing with anxiety. Now, anxiety is something that I'll talk more about in today's episode, but also is something that I can only talk from based on my experiences. I want to preface today's episode and all the content I'm going to share based on the fact that I am not a qualified health professional and any advice that I give today is based purely on my own personal experiences. And I implore you to speak to your health professional, be it your doctor, a counsellor, psychologist, someone who can help you with your personal challenges with mental health. So once again, although what I will share today is based on learnings and my experiences in my own personal life, I will share information that I have been um, fortunate enough to, to learn from those around me, really. But I want to say, again, that I'm not a health professional, I'm not a psychologist, I'm not a doctor, none of those, unfortunately. Um, but all I can share with you is personal experiences. And so I want to share my personal experiences and talk to you about what I believe is the elephant in the room, and that is mental health. Today, I thought it would be a good time to talk to you about this purely based on the fact that not only is it becoming more of a prominent discussion because of the global pandemic that we are going through right now, but also because it's something that I'm finding has some reoccurring themes for people that I know that are struggling somewhat in some way, shape or form with mental health right now. The environment itself is not unique in the sense that the circumstances that some people find themselves in at the moment may have been similar prior to the pandemic or may have been exasperated. But either way, there is a reason why the discussion around mental health needs to continue to get louder so that together we can remove the stigma associated with mental health and let people know that it's okay not to be okay. And so I wanted to talk to you a little bit more about mental health from the perspective of what I know about anxiety and depression and also a little bit more about some of the learnings that I've gained as a um, 
long, a long-term sufferer of anxiety myself. And today is all about sharing a little bit more about what anxiety and depression is and some of the signs and symptoms to look out for, some of the misconceptions and some of the facts, and give you some guidance on some of the things that I hope that you can take away from today and apply into your own life. And I hope that by sharing some insights today that we can be more comfortable in talking about mental health, but also that there is something that I share today that may give you either a sense of hope for your own situation or maybe provide you with a sense of direction or a sense of action that helps you to take your first step in your road to recovery with mental health. So what what is anxiety and what is depression? Often people don't actually understand what they are. And I know that because I personally went through my own journey of anxiety and actually really didn't know what it was. Um, I remember when first being introduced to anxiety as a disorder, it was many years ago now, and it was something that came out of the blue. It was something that just, it was just like a switch. It was just like it just turned on and turned on not in a good way. It was not like a positive light bulb moment. Um, hey, you're missing this. It was more like a, it was more like a, it was more like a switch that sort of activated a different side, a different or a different part, a different part within that really started to add worry and concern and irrational thoughts and fears about things that at the time were completely new. A lot of the time when I speak to schools or corporate workplaces or universities or social groups or businesses, I often ask the question, what is anxiety and what is depression? Now, a lot of the time, I would say only a third, if, if that, know what anxiety is. Um, and, and probably very similar when I ask what is depression. So let's start by refreshing for those that are aware and introducing for those who are not what actually is anxiety. Now, anxiety is more than just a feeling of being stressed or worried. While stress itself and, and anxious feelings are a normal part of life, it's a common response to a situation where a person feels they're under pressure, it usually passes once the situation, the current stressor, stressor rather, has been removed. Now, anxiety as a disorder is when those anxious feelings don't subside. It's, it's about those feelings that exist associated with the anxiety don't subside and they and they follow you around and make it really difficult 
it, you may find it difficult to calm down. You may find it difficult to sleep. You may find it difficult to concentrate. People who experience an anxiety disorder often feel overwhelmed and frightened by the sudden feeling of intense panic and anxiety. They also experience recurring thoughts which contribute to the anxiety, making it larger and worse. And often those thoughts, many people will think are quite silly. And I know personally having some anxious thoughts in the past where those thoughts were mocked. Um, it's hard for someone to understand truly what it is to have that anxiety in your life without experiencing it. Um, I say that I wouldn't wish anxiety or depression in that fact on anyone. But for many people that I've spoken to over the years, they often may assume that anxiety is just those nerves that you get when you get up to public speak. And yes, that's a form of anxiety, but it's not a disorder. And so anxiousness is something that follows us around. It's something that rears its ugly head when you're least expecting it. It can make you feel scared. It can make you feel overwhelmed and it can make you feel very, very unwell. Let's look at some of the cycle, uh, the, some of the physiological symptoms of anxiety as an example. Now, I often tell people when speaking to them to close their eyes and imagine having dizziness and you start to sweat and your cheeks may be blushing. You might have a lump in your throat. Your shoulders might be tense. You probably have some irritable bowel syndrome or symptoms. Your heart might, might be racing. Your legs might be shaky. You might be feeling nauseous and have a dry mouth. Now, these are some, not all, of the physiological symptoms of anxiety. The scary part of anxiety is the fact that those symptoms can actually approach at any time and sometimes all at once. It certainly was a feeling that I experienced when I first went through my own introduction to anxiety when I had my first panic attack over 13 years ago. Now, what about depression? Depression is more than just a low mood. It's, it's a serious illness that has an impact on both the physical and mental health. You might find that you lose interest in work, hobbies, or doing things that you would normally enjoy. You may lack the energy, you may have difficulty sleeping, or you might sleep more than usual. And these are things that might actually be occurring with people that you know around you that may be new. By rule of thumb, a person may be depressed if he or she has felt sad, down, or miserable most of the time for more than two consecutive weeks and or has lost interest or pleasure in most of their usual activities. So here it's when I talk about things such as 
you know, at the moment we can't do it, but, you know, someone might be going golfing every weekend or they go out with their friends every weekend or they're always going to social nights and things like that and then they just stop, they retreat and they stop doing those sorts of things. So there's some of the things to look out for. When we think about depression signs and symptoms, now depression signs and symptoms can be everything from behaviours that people will do, feelings that they will have, thoughts that they will think, and physical symptoms that they will experience. So what are some of those depression signs and symptoms? Well, we already talked about the not going out anymore. Um, for students, it might be not getting the work done at school. It might be relying on alcohol or sedatives, maybe being unable to concentrate. The feelings on the other side are the feelings of being irritable or lacking confidence, indecisive or overwhelmed, disappointed, miserable, sad, frustrated or guilty. You may think things like, I'm a failure, it's my fault, nothing good ever happens to me, or I'm worthless, life's not worth living or people would be better off without me. And physically, you might be tired all the time. Because something that people don't realise is mental health is invisible, unlike physical health, but the mental health, like anxiety or depression, can drain your energy and exhaust you, make you have sleeping problems, irritable bowel problems, you might lose your appetite, change your appetite, gain weight, lose weight, feel sick or run down all the time. And so the physical side effects of having a mental health disorder can be quite overwhelming in itself. So what are some of the misconceptions when we think about anxiety and depression? Well, a common misconception is that people with depression or anxiety can just snap out of it. How many times have we heard that one before? I certainly have. Often people will assume that depression or anxiety are a weakness of character, but it's nothing to be ashamed of. Even the most successful people, even the most academic people, the most professionals, medical people, like there's no, there is no, there is no judgment when it comes to anxiety or depression. It can affect anyone or anyone at any time, regardless of your past, your present. So it doesn't discriminate. It doesn't care if you're successful or unsuccessful. It doesn't affect just those in a particular category or a particular race or a particular age or a particular lifestyle. It can affect anyone at any point in time. And so when we think about mental health, we need to remember that it can affect anyone at any stage and it can start at any time. People close to me have experienced mental health issues very early on in their teenage years, then also very much later on in life in their 60s. And so I've seen firsthand how the experience of mental health can affect you in so many different ways at all different ages in life. So now that we've got some of the misconceptions out of the way, let's look at some of the facts. Now, the, the numbers for anxiety and depression are actually increasing. 
um, they were one in six women and one in eight men experiencing depression in their lifetime. Those numbers have gone up. The numbers increase when we talk about anxiety. One in three women and one in five men are likely to experience anxiety in their lifetime. You can have anxiety and not have depression, and you can have depression and not have anxiety. And if you're unfortunate, like some people, you may have experienced both. It may be difficult to think about, but if you just look around you, it's likely that you will see people within your family, within your colleagues, or within your friends that have or will experience anxiety and or depression in their lifetime. So we all need to start talking about mental health and checking in with people that we are concerned about. Often when I speak to workplaces and I talk to them about mental health, I remind executives and employers that based on a PwC study a few years ago, for every dollar invested in creating a mentally healthy workplace results in a $2.30 return on investment. So <coughs> it's really important to pay attention and think about things that you can do to help others. What are some of those things? Well, increasing awareness of mental health conditions, reducing stigma, Increase awareness of people's roles and responsibilities in the workplace relating to mental health. Support employees in their return to work. Create a discrimination-free workplace where diversity is respected. Monitor workload and work hours. And ensure a zero tolerance to bullying. They're just a few of the examples of what workplaces can do to help those that may be suffering with mental health and to make the environment a more pleasant one. Now, I want to say, I want to caveat this at, at this point with the fact that just because you have a mental health disorder, you've suffered anxiety or depression, or maybe you still do, it does not make you less successful or less effective, or it doesn't necessarily mean that you're not going to commit 100% to your role you may have some ups and downs and that's okay. For example, in my career and the time that I've had anxiety, I think I've only ever missed a couple of days of work that were necessary for me to go to an appointment or um, see, see a specialist. And so just because you have anxiety or depression, it doesn't mean you're less capable or that you're not going to be able to do all the things that everybody else does or even do those things better. So that was part of the reason as well that I wanted to speak up because working in many organisations, there were a lot of instances where I was very much supported um, in the work that I did, but that was often because nobody really knew about the fact that I was going through my own battle with anxiety. and so. I felt like I couldn't speak up about it and that I couldn't really talk about it. And that may have been my irrational thinking, but I felt that I couldn't speak up about it because 
it may have been taken the wrong way or maybe I would be judged or maybe people would think differently of me. So I wanted to work really hard and prove that I can do anything anyone else can do and do a good job at it before I was willing to really speak up. And that's a big part of why I joined Beyond Blue. I wanted to share my experiences and my journey and also provide insight around people like me who have had challenges themselves in the past or currently and are able to do everything that they need to do in order to be what I call anxiously successful. And so please don't assume just because someone has mental health challenges or maybe they need a couple of days off or maybe they need a mental health break and they take, you know, some time off or they go on their annual leave breaks, whatever it might be, don't don't judge. Um, offer the opportunity to, if you are a line manager, for example, to speak with your employees and and make them feel comfortable. Make them feel comfortable to be willing to speak up. And you'll be surprised how many times there is very limited impact to them. Um, at work, working when they are going through these challenges. May not apply to everyone, but for most people that I know have been able to continue and carry on quite well in their day-to-day. So I wanted to I wanted to share some specific and hopefully actionable ideas and insights for you to consider if you're going through your own challenge with mental health. As I mentioned, my personal story was when I was impacted by anxiety over 13 years ago, and it's something that really, really changes your perspective and also your thoughts, and it's something that really, really shakes you to your core. It makes you feel frustrated. It makes you feel angry. It makes you feel upset, hurt, it gives you a number of different feelings and experiences that you, for most people, I believe, wouldn't wish upon their worst enemy. So I wanted today to share some specific suggestions that you could apply immediately to try to overcome or benefit yourself. But as I mentioned at the start of this episode, please seek professional help, see your doctor, see a counsellor, see a psychologist, call the Beyond Blue helpline. If you're struggling in life today, please call the lifeline number. I will share all of those in the show notes. But if you are feeling that you would like some suggestions on how to overcome some of the thoughts that are associated with mental health, such as anxiety and depression, I wanted to share a few that I've used and hopefully they can help you too. So the first one is monitoring your thoughts, monitoring your thinking. Now, this one is really important because mental health is all about thoughts and the thoughts that we have that then correspond to behaviours and actions and feelings. And so we need to identify the cognitions that make us feel bad and then challenge them. 
And the only way to identify your thoughts is if you monitor your thinking. Um, and one way of doing that is actually writing it down. So I remember when I was going through my early days of anxiety, I used to monitor the feelings I had. I would sit down and write it in a notebook once a day at the end of the day, and I would rate myself out of 10 for how I was feeling that day. And then I started to see behaviours and recurring themes and patterns, and they were things that I was able to use to talk to a professional and get some clarity on. So monitoring your thinking is a big one that can help you understand why, where they, what those are, and then you can go into the next stage of defining why they're happening, and that's what the professionals can help you with. The other one is logical disputing. So logical disputing is reversing the irrational and unrealistic thinking. So this is where you you might have an irrational thought, and you take the initiative to challenge that traditional or that ch challenge that irrational assumption, and think about things in an alternative way rather than rather than thinking about things um, in one way by logically disputing it and thinking is this actually rational for example I've had many instances where I felt uh, intense chest pain now intense chest pain can be a sign of something serious such as heart attack and there's absolutely important to get medical attention immediately if you experience that which i've done in times but also sometimes it's important to think about what are the feelings you're having in your body or what are the thoughts that you're having and start to think is this realistic for example you might think that you must be liked by everyone or you might feel that you um are worthless or you might feel that you know everything that you're going through, it feels like the end of the world. So logically disputing that can help you to think about things more rationally. I mentioned about writing it down. Um, it's always helpful to write down things. I used to keep a diary um, and write down the feelings and the thoughts and the behaviours, and I used to do that every day. And that really did help because it would help you realise that day by day would pass, and as those days passed and you know, the irrational thoughts you were having, the catastrophizing that you were thinking about didn't happen. It made you slowly realize that maybe it actually wasn't going to happen. And that's where decatastrophizing comes into it. So this is where you think about, you know, whatever it is that you're catastrophizing with, think, does it really matter? Um, will what I'm catastrophizing now matter in five years? What else can I be grateful for right now? What can I learn from this experience? Because often we might think that a situation may lead us to believe that it's the end of the world and it's, you know, it's, it may sound silly to some, but genuinely feel that fear that your life is, you know, on a tightrope when you have these mental health conditions. That happens to a lot of people. And so trying to diffuse the catastrophe that you've made in your mind particularly if you know there is no imminent threat is another good way to overcome those thoughts the other one to think about is goal-directed thinking and so for example if you are frustrated with something that maybe is not 
maybe not really helpful. For example, maybe you're angry with your partner about something or um, maybe you tell yourself that you're not a good person or that you are not good at your job or whatever it might be. Instead of having those types of thoughts, change the perspective and think about whether telling yourself those things is actually helpful or a hindrance to you and think about things using using different processes such as thought monitoring to identify and dispute those thoughts that you're having. So write them down, think about what they are, think about why you've thought them and think about a way to address that because effectively those thoughts are problems that are not helpful to you. There are a number of different things that you can do. Um, some of the ones that I've learned that I take with me is is more around how to pursue persistence and not giving up to remember that you will learn to cope if you put in the hard yards just like anything your your mind is a muscle your 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 mind can grow and change and despite the hard times and the really really bad times you can get better recovery can mean different things to different people so don't assume your recovery will be like that of your neighbors or your friends or your partners you need to trust in yourself that you can actually get there because if you are willing to try and be persistent and patient then you will get there wherever there is for you and you will have ups and downs you will have the roller coaster ride where sometimes you feel that things are going really well and then you come straight back down that's a normal part of recovery but it's important to to continue to celebrate every little success for example, I know someone who their anxiety was so bad that they couldn't leave their front door, they couldn't get to their mailbox, they couldn't do anything that took them away from their comfort zone, which was their home. And over time, slowly, slowly, by taking baby steps, they've now overcome that fear and they are able to drive much further than that. And it's that persistence, that sheer determination and that willing to give it a shot, if not for yourself, for your partner, for your children, for your family, for your friends, for your life. But most importantly, it is definitely to help you recover and to get to a point in life where you feel your best. So there are a number of different places that you can seek help if anything today i've said has triggered you please go to beyondblue.org.au you can call them on in australia on 1300 46 36 they are available 24 hours seven days a week i hope that this has helped you in some way shape or form i hope that you are willing and hope are willing that willing to to seek help in, as soon as possible because the sooner you get help, the sooner you can recover. And as I said, recovery doesn't mean eliminating it because you can't forget anxiety and depression once you know about it. I, I describe it like riding a bike. Once you know how to ride a bike, you may never need to ride one, but you don't forget how to. And so if you are struggling with anxiety or depression or anything um, of that sort, please do seek professional 
advice. Speak to your doctor, speak to your psychologist, psychiatrist, a counsellor. If you are a student, talk to a teacher. There is so much opportunity for help out there. You just need to be willing to ask because as I mentioned earlier, anxiety and depression are considered invisible illnesses. You can't see them. And so if you are struggling, many of us will not know because we can't see it. So feel free to put your hand up and ask for help because the sooner you get help, the sooner you can recover. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We welcome any feedback. Please let us know by going to www.agilemanagementoffice.com forward slash agile ideas. You can also find us on most social media channels by searching Agile Ideas or follow me on LinkedIn. Thank you for listening. Please share or rate this if you enjoyed it. I hope you've been able to learn, feel, think, or be inspired today. Until next time, what's your Agile idea?